0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blackhawks on Tap. I'm Johnny Annie joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Tone, um, we got to watch this one together. Not a fun one for the Blackhawks as they fall 5-3 to three in Edmonton, uh, further slipping in those wildcard standings. Johnny, I'm just happy you were able to come over and enjoy a few beers
1: because that's about all we got out of this one. Uh, by the time you got here, I got home from work. It was uh, about midway through the first, and... Uh, not a lot of highlights.
0: Well, Tony, I will say this. There, there were a couple highlights earlier in Sweet Patrick Kane passes. So, yes. I mean, we get to see those, but th- those are kind of a regular, frequent basis, whereas, you know. We kind of take them for granted a little bit, but either way, those should be mentioned because they were awesome setups. One to uh, Brandon Sod, and then in the second period, to Adam Boquist, both uh, you know cross ice, being able to find his man, and um, you know Sod's was to the goal, the assist to Sod was a goal to tie it up, and then uh, the one to Boquist was also to uh, you know uh, actually take the lead uh, on this one because you know the. the We'll we'll go through this one a little bit chronologically here. So, I mean, those were the highlights. And then other than that, sure, there were a couple highlight-looking chances in the third, but we couldn't buy one. We couldn't buy one to get in the back of the net.
1: No, and I don't know what it is about Mike Smith as a goaltender. He just seems to, I don't know, he's got the Hawks number. Like It's just been that way for I don't know how long you know it, it just it, it, there's certain people that give you trouble in sports like mm. for like any team like there's always just one guy yeah. and i feel like mike smith is one of those goaltenders 41 shots for the hawks tonight you should be able to get on the board more than three times. Yeah. That's uh, just me with this offense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it should be the case. And like I said, I uh, couldn't really buy one in the third where they were really, really pressing. That's when the numbers really tilted in the favor of the Blackhawks. We'll get to that as we come through this chronologically. But uh, we'll start. Uh, unlike the game against Winnipeg where the Blackhawks looked dominant in the first period on uh, Sunday night at, at Winnipeg to kick off this kind of you know Western Canada road trip here, um, it, it looked against a team that uh, coming into this preface was with no Connor McDavid, uh, ruled out two to three weeks today uh, before this one started. So you're thinking the Hawks are catching a massive break here. Um, But, you know, you got to remember, Leon Drystyle is still, he's the NHL's leading scorer, uh, is what they said in the broadcast. Um, He's always electrifying, and obviously he was able to do his damage tonight uh, here. But, you know, early in this one, a minute 13 into this, um, Riley Shahan uh, from Cassian Archibald, and uh, that was just a bad play by Duncan Keith. He kind of you know, pinches up and then tries to center one where he should have just sent it back down along the boards. Uh, Dabrinkit gets caught back covering the point. Uh, next thing you know, Edmonton's out on an odd man rush, uh, gets thrown to the front of the net, and they have numbers there. Uh, that's what happened on that one, Tone.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I really feel like two things. Number one, Alex debrink has been struggling um, mightily. And you go and you bench Dylan Strome, a guy that's kind of been the – center of consistency for Alex Dabrinkit. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about this before this game even started um, in our in our group chat. I think you and I even talked about it. You even had a tweet about uh, the lineup changes that were made tonight. Um, how they did not, in, in your opinion, and I don't think anybody's opinion, at Four Feathers Pod at mm-hmm. large, no. really thought that any of these lineup changes were going to help. Um, and, and obviously, uh, the Hawks come up short today, so they didn't. But uh, Dabrinkit, uh, a minus two tonight. Um, and then if you look on the other side, uh, a guy by the name of Yamamoto, um, yeah. you know, they they said on the broadcast as well, um, never had a multiple goal game. He, he gets two tonight, you know, and, th- and there it is right there for you. Uh, those two goals make a huge difference um, when you're getting somebody who, you know, isn't exactly a regular goal scorer. He played 20 minutes yeah. tonight, yeah. looked excellent.
0: Guys stepping up in uh, Connor McDavid's absence, you know, they needed the scoring to come from elsewhere because obviously it's usually McDavid and Dryside are the ones teaming up on it, and yep. they can pretty much provide the m- bulk of the offense. You know, what I'm saying that, saying it's every single uh, goal that they score, but the bulk of it, the mm-hmm. majority of it, when you look at their point shares, uh, they are the ones majorly putting it in the back of the net. For the Edmonton Oilers, but you know you get a guy like Yamamoto uh, stepping up tonight uh, in a role. You know, two goals, first multi-goal game of his career. Um, <sighs> you should have been able to neutralize these things other than that you had hinted at some of the lineups here so I guess I should have gotten in this before we started breaking down these goals here but yeah that was a kind of shtick. if you listen to this show on Sunday night after Winnipeg Patrick kamisky and I did the post game and we called for several lineup changes and those specifically where we thought Nick sealer had a strong game he had an assist he brought the physicality on the back end had the fight not saying that you know a fight guarantees that you stay in the lineup obviously we've seen Dennis Gilbert in. In and out, and then you know, now he's back down in Rockford. And people thought that you know, he was bringing a physical presence. Well, you know, Sealer looked more competent on the back end, he's had plenty of NHL experience, played uh, a yeah. good bulk of the season last year in Minnesota, and just kind of fell out of their rotation this year. So that's why he was even a waiver claim. Um, this year, and even the fans of Minnesota were kind of you know, uh, they thought he should have why? been given had, more of a shake. Yeah, so, why, yeah, why
1: did he ever come to the Hawks? So, uh, either way, get,
0: yeah, get, getting back to it, I don't want to get too sidetracked here. We called for Sealer to stay in. Eric Gustafson to be the scratch because you'd be getting this offensive defenseman back in Adam Boquist. Um, And Boquist did return tonight, but Nick Seeler ended up being the scratch. So that was our one gripe there. And then that came out of left field. Dylan Strome being scratched this morning. I sent it in our group, and I literally said, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. Um, And rightfully so. All of you guys were kind of on that same page. What Patrick Kaminsky and I had called for, uh, from the forward, or from the you know personnel group there, uh, on the forward side was for Matthew Highmore to come out, Alexander Nylander to come back in, but then you also switch Camp to fourth line center and Carpenter to third line center. Because did you notice I you know obviously Carpenter had the shorthand assist. Did you notice David Camp at all again no. tonight? No, no. no. no.
1: Um, And and here's another thing that just looking over some of these minutes played, um, you want to talk about a guy that shouldn't have been on the ice as much as they were. Uh, Your leading defenseman tonight is Eric Gustafson with 23 minutes on the ice. And that's laughable to me, Johnny. Um, You know, this is a guy, Pat Kamiski wrote the article, like, this guy needs to be scratched, after some of the turnovers in the last few games that have led to goals, just the, the positioning and, too, where and, and he just
0: lets them blow by. Yeah,
1: he was on the ice more than any other defenseman. I know a lot. I, of, I, I yeah. understand there's some power play time involved here. Hawks 0 for three on the power play tonight. Yeah, special teams, bit of you know, and that's that's fine. But this is a guy that I think if you're watching this team day in day out and really pay attention. You can see the flaws there, and and you see a guy that shouldn't be playing. Now you come down to uh, a guy like Ali Mata, 16 minutes, uh, Slater Cuckoo, 14 minutes. Why is Eric Gustafson getting 23? Get him back down to 18, spread it out between uh, Mata and Slater Cuckoo. Uh, I think those are more effective defensemen for the Blackhawks so far this year. And you talk about a guy like Nick Seeler, there's no reason for Gustafson in my opinion right now, to pl- be playing 23 minutes on that blue line yeah. uh, ahead of anybody else. Yeah.
0: So, so I, I got a couple comments on the Gustafson front. Uh, you talk about the um, you know power play time kind of adding into that. He had 327 uh, with the man advantage tonight. Um, it'd be different. It'd be different if the Blackhawks' power play was rolling, and that was a frequent source of offense, and Eric Gustafson is one of those driving it. Okay, you're going to live with it. You'll put up with the defensive bullshit. And you'll take the points. Right. That would be a different story. It's not. The power play is ice cold. They're, what, 28th in the league? It's brutal. He's not facilitating it. Adam Boquist, step in. You know, You know. sure, it's a crucial time of the season. He's still young, but shit, if this guy is supposed to be the prodigy uh, on the back end from an offensive standpoint, let's let him run it uh, because he's at least responsible defensively. You saw in that third period, everyone's, you know, pressing up and they're trying to drive chances, and they did, but, you know, every once in a while, uh, defender's gonna or uh, um, op, op, excuse me, uh, opponent is going to slip through that, and Leon Dreisaitl did, and Adam Boquist broke that broke that up beautifully, mm-hmm. just beautifully. It looked effortless for him, uh, and that's not you know that's their top scorer there, then top scorer in the league uh, that you're breaking up there. So that's that. Those were our calls for it. I, I know th- there's other reasons behind Eric Gustafson playing that, you know, trying to up the value, uh, let GM see him. Uh, In action, I get that. I just hope the trade fucking happens soon, Tone.
1: I do as well. Um, you bring up Oquist, uh he was the second uh, leading time on ice skitter, uh, just by a few seconds here over Duncan Keith on the power play. But you know, you take those three minutes, 27 seconds of Eric Gustafson uh, on the power play, and, and and Gus does wind up with 20 minutes. You take those those three minutes away. I still think that's too much for him. I still go back to earlier on in the year when there was, uh, I think it was a Charlie Ramiliotis. Uh, tweet or or something that he said on a post game show where uh, the Hawks were way better when Gustafson had some limited time yes, versus yes. when Gus played Good over, point. I think it's 20 minutes. And this is exactly that game, I think, right here tonight. Hawks outshoot, outplay, I think, the Oilers the entire game, and yet still weren't able to get over the hump here. Um, and that extra goal, I, I believe uh, Gustafson minus one. He's on the ice for that. I don't know if that's going to be your difference maker right there, but uh, you take that away, and we've got we've got an even game. So to me, uh, I go back to that, and that's something that I've kept an eye on throughout the year, and I see it again tonight. Leading ice time for a defenseman, Eric Gustafson, um, and just all of the 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 negativity surrounding some of the mental mistakes and 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 stuff that he's done over the past few games. I'm more surprised that he was in the lineup. And and Dylan Strome was scratched. Uh, give me an extra. Give me an extra forward at this point <laughs> instead of Eric Gustafson because that's basically what you're getting out of Gus is a forward. Yeah. Um, there's no defensive play there. Um, you know, I, I said it earlier on this year. Like I, I really like his stuff uh, from an offensive standpoint. I think he he provides you some offense, but he's a luxury on a team that's got four salad shutdown defenders yes. and, and and right now the Hawks don't have that and they can't afford. To throw him out there for the amount of time that he saw, saw tonight in order to get stuff done.
0: Yeah, I really like the tweet that you bring up from Charlie, and, and I agree with that. I think it was when the cap was right around 20 minutes. I think it might have been like 1950 or yep. something like that. Um, is when he plays less than that. The Blackhawks were much more effective. So um, that was part of the reasoning behind why Patrick and Comiskey and I, Patrick Comiskey and I called for those uh, lineup changes that we did, and obviously they were not the lineup changes that were made. Um, not saying we're the experts here. We're just giving our opinions. We're calling it like we we see it um, didn't work out tonight, uh, you know, what Jeremy Calden tried. So um, th- that yeah, we kind of got off track here from the chronological, but that's fine. We had talked about the um, uh – Kane set up to Sod for that first Blackhawks goal to tie this thing. Uh, it came at the 5:56 mark of the first. And then Johnny Taves getting a shorty, uh, assisted by Ryan Carpenter. Uh, that was nice to see. It feels like it's been a while since we had a shorthanded goal. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's no silver linings here, but you know, I guess seeing that is a little bit encouraging as this PK has been uh, one of the brighter spots minus uh, Edmonton getting two power play goals tonight. And that's where it brings us into this next goal here at the 17:18 mark of the f- uh, first period. Uh, Yamamoto Yamamoto scores his first of the game on a power play, uh, kind of a rebound chance that where he was crashing and, you know, was able to find it after one uh, or pad stop came out in front. Nobody's there to defend, and Yamamoto's the only one to go and tap. It gets a little elevation, uh, no problem. That's a power play goal for them. But let's go back to the call and the penalty. Absolute bullshit. The Hawks getting screwed by the refs again. Um the guy, uh, Whoever was at center ice, you know, Johnny Taves is right there battling for the puck. But he was still a little bit further past the red line, literally right at the red line where the linesman stands and is trying to, you know, view all of this. The Edmonton forward falls and trips literally over the lineman's, linesman's toe. Jonathan Taves gets called for it. He's in the box, you know, hooting and hollering, throwing his arms up, and rightfully so. Um, that, that was an absolutely brutal call, Tony. How you, uh, Thoughts on the officiating against the Hawks lately?
1: you know this is par for the course um you know you like to say that so White Sox I feel like that's so officiating against the Hawks is, yeah. the, is the appropriate so term refs, here yeah. that's so refs right there um you know we've seen some some really brutal calls go in favor of uh, Black Hawks opponents lately um, and that's why I say par for the course um you know T- Taves was animated about it and, and I think you said rightfully so I, I totally agree with that one um Still, still doesn't make up for the fact that you got you got to stop the opponent when they're out of the power play. Uh, we can't go and say it's it's totally the refs' fault. Obviously, they wouldn't have been in that situation if they weren't. But uh, y- you would like to see them go get the job done there uh, um, yeah. as well. I,
0: I agree with you on that front. You got to nut up and just do it then. Um, and the coverage there on that weak side uh, it was not where it needed to be. And there. Were Letting up all sorts of second, uh, you know, uh, chance opportunities where your rebounds are just being slammed away at Leonard, um, and you can only stop so many of them because you know, <laughs> goalie only so flexible. He can't you can't yep. move can't move everywhere, um, and that that just kind of is a compare and contrast to me. Uh, Edmonton able to do that no problem. It's not even like you're having these ridiculous Connor McDavid entries where uh, you know he's slipping through everybody and putting a real nice shot on, and then it's dry sidle on the other side slamming the rebound home. Yeah. But the Blackhawks could not do that. At all uh, on theirs they didn't have an uh, like, uh, effective looking power play until that third period when they were really pressing mm-hmm. like I said they couldn't buy one on that one but even then uh, Eddie Olczyk and I think on the post game show Jamal Mayers is talking about it too you, you got to make Mike Smith who guy who likes to play deeper in his net you got to make him make that second and third save yep um, force him pressure him they were not able to into do that into the pads and,
1: low into yeah. the pads low with somebody in front of the net yeah that's what you have to do And uh, I really feel like this team misses a guy like Andrew Shaw, who's there to cause a little bit of havoc, maybe throw himself in front of the net. you know, and if it isn't even yeah. a deflection, at least
0: you're there. And he's chopping. He's always yeah, chopping away. Chopping away at people. Or taking that's, away a yes. defender stick. I think yes. that's underrated yes. too. You take away a defender stick. Oh, guess what? Brandon Sod sneaks right in behind you, and boop pop. Yeah. That's a goal.
1: We're we're back to the same stuff we were talking about. I feel like last year around this time on this show, uh, as to why we're not scoring some of those goals. Uh, obviously, in my in my opinion, you score three goals in a, in a hockey game, you've put yourself in a position to win. Um, Tonight, though, 41 shots, there were so many offensive opportunities for this team to do stuff like that, to make goals happen, just getting to the the, the quote-unquote dirty areas Mm -hmm. and, and, and making things happen. They weren't able to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's move on to the second period because, believe it or not, that was only through one. I know we're kind of talking some general themes inserted into here, but they relate to you know w- w- what we saw uh, going on with these goals. So that was uh, the Yamamoto power play goal at the end of the first that we were discussing. Uh, last Blackhawks goal of the night came uh, at the 145 mark of the second period. Another beautiful feed by Patrick Kane uh, over to Adam Boquist. You know, welcome back to the lineup, kid. Uh, scores his fourth NHL goal. Uh, that was good to see, but uh, we talk about having a killer mentality there um tony that put the blackhawks up three to two at that point you know 145 into the second period um not long after that at the 338 mark yamamoto's back at it again Um, You know, scored another goal for Edmonton. And then not too long after him, Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, potting one at the 450 mark. That also came on a power play. So another, you know, uh, I feel like I, you know, people are going to bash me for saying the penalty kill has been good as of late. But you look at the overall trends, like over the last month or so, it has been better. But then, you know, you got to nut up in those situations tonight and they weren't able to do that. Uh, But uh, that goes back to after you score and get that lead, have a killer mentality. Keep attacking. Uh, it, don't don't let it up. I, there's we talked about it last year, them lacking it early this year, same deal. And then there's a stretch where they looked, you know, really solid, and they they would continue to press. and now we're back off of that. So that that concerns me. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, we're also in a weird period right here where we haven't seen a lot of uh, game takeover from a guy like Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know Alex Debrink is struggling. You've seen a little bit of of fire out of Jonathan Taves. But you look at some of the secondary scoring, you're not getting the secondary scoring that you need. Um, It's few and far between. I know Boquist gets on the board tonight. Um, But you're not getting goals right now out of guys like Drake Jula, or uh, Dominic Kubelik, Dominic the guy Kubelik. you said has gone yes, quiet. Yes, I, I said that during the game, too. Uh, a guy that was really carrying this offense for at least a two-week stretch, just absolutely silent right now. Um, and then, you know, you go you go through Zach Smith, Ryan Carpenter, Highmore, Kampf, uh, Kajula, Nylander. These are guys who you're not expecting to put the puck into the back of the net on a consistent enough basis where if a guy like Patrick Kane goes kind of silent, you're kind of screwed. So mm-hmm. right now I just feel like this team is so far down. They they rode that high stretch. I, I know about, I know my feelings on this. When they won that game, I forget who it was against, but they're blasting
0: Arizona. You know, Arizona right, at, right out of the break. Yeah. Right out of the break. Thought they're that was going to mean good things for the second you know, half. They're, they're
1: blasting some ACDC in the locker room afterwards, and I just felt like that's your turning point in the season. These guys finally tasted some victory, some success. It's going to become addicting for them. They're going to go out and give the extra the extra oomph that you need to go and, and win some of these games, and now we're seeing them come up short. And it's not like they're coming up short uh, by multiple goals, uh, except for some empty netters at the end. Um, they're right in these games. They're just not finishing. Yep. And, and that's really disappointing. And I think a guy like Patrick Kane or a guy like Alex Dabrinkit or even what we saw with Dominic Kubalik uh, for, for quite a while there, that's what you need. You need a guy who's just consistently scoring, putting the puck in the back of the net and feeling it.
0: Boys are buzzing.
1: Boys are buzzing. We don't have that right now. Yeah. Somebody's got to step up.
0: Yeah. And I think it takes more than just one. I do like at times, I see the. I think the first line has a lot of swagger right now. It sucks. It's not resulting right now in goals for uh, guys like Kubelik and Kajula. Um, Obviously, we've seen Taves here and there. Um, but I really do like the kind of pressure that they uh, inflict upon the other team. Uh, we saw that, you know, right, right from the get-go uh, on Sunday night against Winnipeg. Uh, I would, you know, love to have that mentality from every single line. So yep. um, that's where I'm getting at. So you know, you listen to the show. We don't want to. It's frustrating because of the situation that we're in now. Six points out of a wild card spot in the Western Conference. Valuable points. These are like four game point swings with all these teams ahead of us. You know, Edmonton in second place in the Pacific, um, and you know, a team like Arizona. Sure, they lost tonight, but the overtime loss, so they pick up another point that you know separates one further yep. from that last uh, wild card spot. Arizona currently holds it, so we don't want to sound like we're you know completely negative, but we got to rail on it when uh, it's necessary. Well, so one one spot a, where we got to, what a week ago, yeah. we're
1: sitting here ahead of yeah. all the other rest of the teams in the central, yeah, and now we're we're sitting in last. Yeah, and I mean there, there's a tight bunch there, but every point matters. Your place in the standing matters. This this isn't encouraging.
0: No, not encouraging at all. Um, one thing that was, I guess, this is what I was kind of leading into. Um, you got to give them credit for the the bulk of. Chances that they put together in the third mm-hmm. period. Uh, you're looking at this 18 to 5 shot advantage in the third period for the Blackhawks in this one. Uh, let's go to the advanced numbers here 72.22%, Corsi 4 opposed to Edmonton's 27.78. Um, you know, th- that is <laughs> five scoring chances, four, two against, uh, four high danger chances, for one against. So you can tell they're really bringing it. Uh, the power play had some good looks. You we know, talk about it all the time. Good looks, but you know you got to find the back of the net. They couldn't buy one. Johnny Taves did hit a crossbar. It kind of deflected off of Mike Smith's mask or shoulder or whatever. He couldn't decide what it was hitting off of him tonight. Apparently, since he's throwing I mean, his, his mask his off mask every off yeah every other chance. shot. Yep. But um, that's besides the point. Um, either way, you know Taser had yeah, a nice setup off of a faceoff. Won it. Got over out to the right wing and uh, put a slap shot on. You know, basically right where he scored a shorthanded goal from. Uh, did end up bringing off the crossbar, going out of play. Um, That was about it, though. Um, You know, like I said, they had the bulk of chances, but Leon Dreisaitl eventually um, uh, buries the empty netter at the very tail end of this thing. Um, And that was all she wrote for this one, Uh, you know, Blackhawks fall, uh, to a Connor McDavid-less Edmonton Oilers team in a game that they desperately needed tone. You got a last thought on this one because there' no time to waste. Right back at it again tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I think that uh, the Hawks have played well in the back-to-backs. I'm um, Just judging by the stats, I, I think that they should have won this game. This is one that uh, I don't want to tell them to forget about and move on. I want you to, to look at this one real hard in the mirror because you did a lot of things right. Um, you look at you look at some of the. Did uh, a the lot of cor- things wrong, but
0: you did do some things right. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you did you did some stuff right, and I want you to expand on that. But I also want you to figure out a way to get Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinket, your goal scorers, Dominic Cavalli, back into a point where every time they touch the puck, yeah, it, it it can be a scoring opportunity for the Blackhawks. I didn't feel like they had that this night. They didn't have that edge. Um, go look at your positives, dissect your negatives and get out there and, and try and turn this one around because yeah. they, they had the effort, they just were not able to execute.
0: Yeah, so you're looking at some of these guys that have uh, these opportunities. Johnny Taves, Alex Dabrinkit, Dominic Kubelik, all four shots on goal. Patty Kane leading the way with six, uh, three for Kirby Dock. Um, and uh, you got three for Brandon Sod as well in this one. Two for Nylander, even in his very limited ice time. I want the young guys, the young guys, Tony. This is my last thought on tonight's game going into tomorrow. We'll transition here. I want the young guys that love to hang out together, Alexander Nylander, Adam Boquist, Kirby Doc, and bring Dylan Strome because he better frickin' be back in that lineup tomorrow night, and Alex to bring it with you. Go order on Amazon a massive industrial quantity of smelling salts and let's get this shit going on the bench. You remember John Hayden and Ryan Hartman loved that shit? Oh, yeah. That's I'm looking for any solution possible at this point. I want something that's going to give them that little extra pop, that little extra.
1: Didn't I advocate the guys should hit the slopes at some point? (laughs) You know, like like, let's take this to the next level here, guys. I, I I'm not trying to advocate you know hitting the slopes all the time, but like we need. We need some sort of edge here, Johnny. I don't yeah, that's, know where it's going to come I'm,
0: from. I'm just, like I said, I'm grasping at straws. That's one thing I can think of. Uh, we saw, you know, some other guys, like I think Patty Kane in the penalty box. He's, like, putting it over his eyes and whatnot. Um, you know, you see him. He can, you know, he's obviously always effective, and that's also part of his skill. But, hey, whatever, whatever it takes, man, um, uh, let's go in uh, – let's get the smelling salts going on the bench. That's going to be my uh, lead-in to tomorrow. Uh, the game tomorrow is at Vancouver, um, something that Pat and Eddie – had mentioned uh, on the broadcast during that third period was that Vancouver will be retiring the Sedines numbers uh, before this game, and I don't think it's any coincidence that they chose the opponent that they did. Oh,
1: it's it's definitely not. And let's go run a, rain on this parade, Johnny. Like that. There's there's mm-hmm. if there's one thing that the Hawks have done fairly well in their their last ten years. It's showing the Sedine sisters what it's all about. Yes. And so I, I want to make sure that uh, every single Vancouver fan who buys tickets to this game goes home unhappy. Yes. Like, and I think that the Blackhawks should take the same attitude.
0: Yeah, I am totally with you on that one. Uh, you look at the recent trends for the Vancouver Canucks here um, – Four losses in a row before knocking off uh, Nashville 6-2 on uh, Tuesday night. They were not in action. Uh, excuse me, on uh, Monday night, I believe that was. They were not in action tonight. Um, This is being Tuesday night, the 11th of February. So uh, they do have one win under the belt as of late, whereas the Blackhawks have also lost four in a row. But, you know, uh, backs against the wall, time to get it done. And you look at they were losing the other teams, too, uh, in the Flames and the Wild here. Um, You know, they got back on track against the Predators. Well, it's time for us to get back on track against another team that's in the thick of this thing here, too, uh, in the Vancouver Canucks. And I think, you know, going back to that, it, it should be, like you had said, wanting to spoil and Rain on their parade. Um, this should be uh, an extra motivation factor, mm-hmm. even though it's just a pregame ceremony. You have a lot of history with you know that franchise in general. And granted, the rivalry is calmed down because not meeting in the playoffs, you know, can kind of you know but pepper that a little bit. Let's hate the Canucks but again, yeah, let's yeah, make Vancouver a rivalry again, yes. I've put that out from Four Feathers Pod. Um, we could start by uh, you know ruining the Sedin's number retirement ceremony. So, um, totally for that. That's Get a nine- Duncan Keith yeah.
1: out there during the pregame. ceremony yes. And just drop the gloves. Yeah,
0: totally. I'm, I'm for it. Intimidation. Just cool and yeah. tough. Do something. Yeah. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. I like it. Uh, it's a 9:30 start, uh, tomorrow central time out in, uh, Vancouver. I believe that one will be on NBC sports Chicago here in the Chicago land market. Um, you know, like you had said, take a walk, you know, long, hard look in the mirror uh, after this one. Focus on what you did right. Understand what you did wrong. Build on it. Um, and get the right personnel in the lineup, for fuck's sakes. D- Dylan Strome better be back in the lineup. Matthew Highmore should be the one out. I. I- Talk about Alexander Nylander. Um As much as you know, it's easy to you know rail on him and say, "Oh, well, Stan just wants him to play him, so uh, he doesn't look bad." So, so the trade doesn't look bad for Stan. Well, in that limited time, like I'd said tonight, Alexander Nylander still finds a way to record two shots. Ben Pope's put up an article about he is one of the best at you know allowing carries out of both out of the zone when the Blackhawks are exiting mm-hmm. defensively and into the zone when they're entering offensively. There is value in Alexander Nylander. Obviously you want him to give a consistent effort and you want to see you know him not afraid uh, to use his body because he's athletic enough to yep. be able to go and win pucks and he's got good enough hands. To be able, as long as he gets in there, he can lift a stick and steal it. So I want Nylander to stay in and I want Matthew Highmore out. He doesn't offer much. He played very little tonight. I know, like I said, Alexander Nylander played very little tonight. But, you know, Colliden said about wanting to get Highmore back in. Well, guess what? He did for two games and it didn't work out. Um, Dylan Strome needs to come back in and I guess at this point they're going to roll with Gustafson, so I won't even say that again, but I guess my mentality would be scratch Gus or at least limit the ice time here. He's going to be in, like you had said, limit the ice time, so it's uh, effective minutes when he's on. And, and let's also not put ourselves in a position where we need to press and have the full onslaught from the blue line. Uh, you know, from period. Yeah, from the end of the second period on. Um, that was a par- partial reason why that ice time jumped up there too, um, I think, and same with uh, Adam Boquist there. But if, if, if you can get out, um, you know, early after this one, Vancouver, this things going to be a little drawn out. Uh, stay in the locker room longer. Ingest your smelling salts. Let's, you know, <laughs> get get amped do up so you're ready to go. And they're all still, you know, stick-tapping the sedines for the first 10 minutes of this thing while we're celebrating goals. I want three by the 10-minute mark of yep. the first period. I think that'd be awesome. Um I saw the Calgary Flames do it to the San Jose Sharks last night. Just an absolute onslaught. Ended up winning the game 6-2. Good things will happen if you do that and get out early. So um, that was my little spiel rant here. A little news on the Canucks side. Uh, Brock Besser placed on injured reserve uh, that came on Monday night. So he is out um, pretty you know, a uh, legit threat for them. He was their fourth leading scorer with 45 points uh, at that point in time. But you got to watch out in this one if we're talking about opponents to keep an eye on. Elias Pettersson, uh, he's real shifty, uh, smaller guy, but, man, uh, he centers and he knows how to make plays. It's the bottom line. 24 goals, 33 assists, good for 57 points. Uh, center J.T. Miller, guy who's not afraid to mix it up, 22 points, 30. Uh, 22 goals, 34 assists, good for 56 points. Uh, And Bo Horvat, their captain, uh, 17 goals, 28 assists, 45 points. Like I had mentioned, Besser, the next one out. And on their back end, Quinn Hughes, uh, Jack Hughes' older brother, uh, eight goals, 36 assists, 44 points. So he can bring it from the blue line. Um, He can facilitate back there. So um, I'd like to see Adam Boquist take a little, uh, you know, see that and want to prove that he is also one of these elite young defensemen here too. He
1: needs to, and he's shown flashes of it. Um, I think the key to this game is going to be neutralizing Elias Pettersson. Obviously, he is their top scorer. Um, you know, we're going to have to see what they throw out there against him, but um, you neutralize him and J.T. Miller, I think you're in a pretty decent spot. Um, obviously, Vancouver, I believe they lead uh, their division right now. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look right here and see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah, they they're do. at the top right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, By one point, but they are. One, one point, but they're in the top of their division. Uh, I believe they've played, yeah, they've played one more game than, than Edmonton has. Um, so you're getting a little bit of a better team just on paper. Uh, this one's not going to be easy.
0: Yeah, I you know you talked about I said the Bohorved injury, but hell, the best player on the Oilers and Connor McDavid was out tonight, and Blackhawks still couldn't find a way. So um, approach this game as they were at full strength here. Um, that's what I would say. You know, no taking it lightly. I don't I don't think the Blackhawks did tonight. Um, I you know I think the preparation still was there uh, in general, but um, you know just from a mentality standpoint, don't a players over. a players thinking about who else is they're going to see on the ice. You know what I'm saying, yeah. uh, from from just that personal standpoint there. So, uh, Tony, let's get into six to click. Who's getting it done tomorrow night for the Blackhawks? You know, I, I really want to see Kirby Doc
1: find the back of the net. Uh, I, I really, really do, and, and I'm 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 wanting to go with him. But I think Balik needs to hit the back of the net more than Kirby yes. Doc does right now. So that's who I'm going with. Um, this kid, you know, obviously. Uh, has, has figured something out As far as having success in the NHL um, It's time to get him back on the score sheet and, and start to break it open I think he really needs it So I'm going Dominic
0: yeah, I'm going with the captain. Uh, you know, a guy who played ton against uh, Vancouver through those playoff runs, uh, through the thick of the rivalry. Um, it was always in the middle of things uh, with the Vancouver Canucks there, and I think just being pissed off, being screwed over by the refs uh, tonight, getting a stick broken on a crucial faceoff down yep. in the third period against Leon the one that the Hawks absolutely needed to win to. Hope hopefully uh, set up a scoring chance late in that game. Um, Also uh, hitting the crossbar down the stretch in the third period. Uh, The captain's pissed, and he wants his. So I think he gets his tomorrow night in Vancouver. So, um, Tony, final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Final thoughts. Uh, I I think
1: what I said a little bit earlier about looking at this loss tonight and really evaluating what you did from from a good standpoint and trying to identify where your deficiencies are. That's what the Hawks need to do. Um, I like your stick-to-click in in Johnny Tay's because right now, if they're on a plane or on a bus or wherever they're at, he's the guy who should be standing up and, 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 and leading the charge here. He's the captain. He's gonna open his mouth. I, I have no doubt about it. Um, you're sitting on like what a four-game losing streak. I think we yep. we determined. Um, you don't you don't want to go to five. Like that's that's unacceptable right now. Um, so I think there's enough adversity for this team to try and kick something into gear here. Um, you would you would have thought that being close enough to that wild card spot just about a week ago when we were talking on the show lat like last time. Um, you know you're right there. You're still kind of right there, but you have some ground to make up now. Uh, it's do-or-die time. It has been do-or-die time for almost a month. Um, it, it It is still do-or-die time. So stop dying. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah That's I, pretty yeah, much what it line, is. Stop yeah. dying. I, 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 I echo that, man. I'm with you. Just look at the standings here. As much as these suck, you're still right there, man. Um, 25, 23, and 8. Overall it is a Blackhawks record. That's 58 points. Nashville only one ahead of them in that fifth spot. You, you win tomorrow night, and I would have to look at the schedule and see if Minnesota's in action. But, hell, just as it is right now, you'd be tied with them then at the fourth spot. Um, it's not and then it's looking a little bit better. Morale, you know, goes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're not the last in the central, then you're right. you're tied right there for that, you know, being right behind that third spot and then it's like you take it one step at a time uh and keep going up. So, I guess take it two points at a time is this one um and and the shit in regulation. Uh we can't be giving away points. I know Vancouver is already up in the lead there, but like I said, it's all slim and things, you know, can change. They could be the one sitting back in like one of those top wildcard spots. Say the Flames go on a run, the Oilers go on a run. Uh, um, never know uh, where that Vancouver team is going to be sitting uh, in the wild card picture if they fall uh, back out of it the, in the Pacific. So uh, take it two points at a time. Got to focus on it. And like I like what you said, Johnny Tapes, lead the way. So uh, that'll do it for this edition of Blackhawks on tap. Make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Tone, let's close it out how we always do. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.